All right. Hi, everybody. So this is this is really exciting. Uh, I am here uh, doing this podcast uh, with um, one of my friends, Rob. Uh, he has a blog uh, that's very exciting, and he's just about to get his his three thousandth movie review, which is really amazing. And so, Rob, here, do you want to introduce yourself and your blog and kind sure. of what you've been doing? All right. Uh, well, first of all, thank you, Rachel, for for inviting me to to come on come on to your show. Um, I have a, uh, a site called uh, Movie Rob. It's on uh, WordPress, MovieRob.wordpress.com, um, where all I do is uh, review movies. I've been doing this for almost four years. Um, actually, in a little less than a month, I'll, I'll hit four years. And uh, right now, I'm at about uh, 2,950 reviews, give or take, and um, hoping. Uh, that by the time that I reach my, my anniversary uh, in about a month, that I'm going to hit my 3,000th uh, review. Wow. Um, and I watch any type of movies, uh, you know, old, new, um, most genres. Uh, the, only, the only ones I'm not really the biggest fan of are foreign language movies and horror, so I try and stay, I steer away from those uh, mainly, but mm-hmm. every so often uh, they pop up here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, not. <laughs> Wow. That's and, amazing. Uh, yeah. Okay. Do you have, Thank you. Do, do you have something kind of planned for your 3000th, a, a big, a big film? You don't have to tell us, but. No, I actually don't. What I'm doing is, is that, that, uh, um, as, as you know, cause you're part of it. I, I, I do this thing at my every milestone called, uh, movies from the hat where what I do is I, I get fellow bloggers to recommend a movie to me that I've never reviewed. Um, and I put all the titles into a hat. And, you know, when I, when I start this project, I pull out, pull out a, a film every single time I want to watch one, and I have to watch the one that was recommended to me. Um, mm-hmm. So I have now about 40, uh, how many, 40, 48 uh, suggestions from people. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping today or tomorrow to already start uh, watching them. And uh, basically, my 3000th review will be one of those. I, that that's part of the the fun of it that I don't know what my review will be about what my 3000 review will be. Um, that's awesome. Uh, that's really cool. Like what is it that inspires you particularly about movies uh, and uh, um, excites you about them? Everything. I mean, I've, I've, I've always loved movies. I've always loved watching them, you know, being transported to a different place in time, seeing different people's opinions on things, uh, learning about, uh, sometimes history, learning about different cultures. Sometimes, obviously, the foreign language thing makes that a little more difficult. But uh, um, just the the idea of, of uh, broadening my knowledge of of the world uh, via what people have have given us through film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, Roger Ebert because he has a kind of a famous quote where he says that movies are a machine for creating empathy. And I think that that's really okay. true because I can agree with that. Yeah, because I do love to read, and and when you read, you can kind of it's sort of a different experience. You it's kind of like you're like uh, plopped down in a world, and you kind of you can kind of get the nitty gritty and hack your way through it and everything like that. Whereas like it, the a movie is more of sort of a 
a flyover kind of experience. It's more of a, you know, because it's two hours. It's just a different experience. But there's something about that 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 you can connect with another person that you would never you would never connect with, you would never spend time with. Uh, like, I mean, the recent uh, if you think about the recent uh, Best Picture nominees, you know that. I was singing Lion when you were saying that. Yeah, someone like Lion, which I loved Lion. And, I enjoyed that very much. Also. Yeah, and uh, or even Moonlight, you know, like I'm not going to where I live. I'm not going to meet a African-American gay uh, person growing up in the city. Like, I don't know anybody like that. And so, you know, you get to spend time with with this person that you wouldn't normally spend time with and get to sort of walk in their shoes. Or also, you know, just the... The fantasy, it doesn't always have to be realism. It can also be, uh, you know, escapism in, in a way, too. Like getting to go to Middle Earth or getting to go to... <laughs> going to Middle uh, Earth isn't escapism. <laughs> <laughs> getting getting to go to a galaxy far, far away or, you know, whatever it might be. And getting to just... It's just great. <laughs> I totally but, agree. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, all right. Well, great. So uh, I've really been enjoying recently uh, in, in, I think, in anticipation for the Oscars. You did a great series uh, where you went over every single year of the Oscars. And right. I, I, I did yeah. uh, two, two, uh, two series that actually I, I started them both on December 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, every day I had one, one, uh, Post about each of the two series. One of them was, as you mentioned, uh, it was every year of, of uh, the Oscar, uh, Oscar Best Picture nominees. What I did was it was called uh, Did They Get It Right? And I basically uh, give my thoughts on uh, every one of the nominees from that year and you know my ranking of the films from that year, which sometimes I agree with, with uh, what the Academy voted on, sometimes not. Um, and what I did was, is I, I started in 2015 and worked my way backwards mm-hmm. all the way to, to 1928. Mm-hmm. And then on the final day, the day after the, the Oscars uh, from this year, so I gave my thoughts on the, the Oscars from 2016 also. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, I had all 89 years uh, listed. And the That's second, amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I know a lot of people aren't necessarily going to agree with everything I say, but, uh, you know, that's why we all do this. You're not doing our opinion of it. Yeah. You're not doing Um, your job if everybody agrees with you all the time. That's very true. That's very true. I agree with that. Um, And the second series that I did was was I called it 89 Days of of Oscar Nominees. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, I'm I'm quite a prolific, uh, I've I've quite a vast. number of movies that I've seen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously in the last four years where I'm coming up to 3000 reviews, but uh, there are a lot of, of Oscar nominees that I just never got around to seeing. So I said, you know what, I'm going to go back and I'm going to now pick 89 uh, nominees that I've never seen and just watch them and review them. Mm-hmm. And what I did was every day from December 1st till the day of the Oscars, I reviewed one of those movies. Um, and so according to my current tally, I've now watched 515 of the 595, uh, nominees, uh, in all the 89 years of, of, uh, the Oscars. And I still have about 80 that I haven't seen. Most of them are from the, the, the 1930s mm-hmm. because, uh, 
one of the things that I was able to do here is from, I think, 1946 till now, I've now seen every one of the nominees. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I counted, I'd seen 62 of just the winners, just the Best Picture winners. So I still have, I still have Best Picture winners to see. So that's very impressive. Uh, very, very impressive. And, and, uh, I, I think that, and what, what do you think was the, some of the most competitive years where you were just like, wow, they could have given it to every single one of these movies? Um, I mean, 1994, when yeah. we had Forrest Gump, Shawshank Redemption, Quiz Show, um, Pulp Fiction, and, and one second, uh, my memory is, uh, ah, can't remember right now what that other one was. <laughs> I know I'm going to kick myself because it is something that's probably very simple. Um, 1994. Because that was mm. your Schindler's List one, right? No, no, no. That was the year after Schindler's List. Schindler's List was 1993. Oh, okay. That's right. It won in 94. Um, so right. Forrest Gump. I, right. I go, I go according to the year that the movie came right, out. Right, 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 right. Like the, the, the Oscars this year was 2016, not, right, not right. 2017. So it was, oh, uh, so Four Weddings and a Funeral. Four Pulp Weddings Fiction, and a Funeral. Thank you, show. thank you, thank you. There yeah. You go. Right. Now, all five of those are just great, amazing yeah. movies. And uh, I think the only one that really, no, actually, all of them, <laughs> yeah. all of them were great. Um, 1999 was also a great year when you had the, the Cider House Rules, Sixth Sense, uh, American Beauty, The Green Mile. And I can't remember the final one also. Wow, every single one of these ones, I'm, I'm, I, keep, <laughs> I keep getting stuck on the, the, the fifth one. Um, hmm, the Insider. Oh, okay. The Insider. Which was also a great movie. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Those Sixth are Sense. Two of them. Did you say Six Sense? Yes, the Six okay, Sense. Okay, okay, yeah. With Bruce Willis, you know. Uh, um, um, the one I, I always think of is um, 1939. Um, isn't that the year that uh, Wizard of Oz and yeah. Gone with the Wind and Stagecoach and Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? Uh, Goodbye, Mr. Chips of Mice and Men, Wuthering Heights. Uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, 1939 uh, was a year. great year also. Um, I sure. actually, good, Goodbye, Mr. Chips is one of the movies I just saw for the first time and I loved it. it yeah. Great. It is a really good. Um, I've actually saw a few from that year that I haven't seen yet. A few um, I haven't seen either, like Nino, Ch- Ch- Nino Chaka. Ninochka. Ninochka. Dark Victory, yeah. I haven't seen either. Those are the. Too either. I mean, obviously, when you have a year that has ten nominees, it's harder to find. It's harder to to, to state that that was a year that every one of the movies would have been deserving. Um, yeah. Another year that I actually would also say has was great was 1957, which had Twelve Angry Men, Bridge on oh. the River Kwai, oh. um, Peyton Place, which I also saw now for the first time and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sayonara. And witness for the prosecution. Mm-hmm. Sayonara yeah, is the weakest of the, Sayonara is the weakest of the of the five, but they're all amazing, amazing films. Twelve Angry Men and Bridge of the Requi were so good. Yes, so so good. <laughs> Agree with you there. Yeah, I, I was really interested to 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 read because I had just done uh, uh, my own series uh, in 2015. Of uh, and I continued it. I did an update in 2016, 2017 of the best animated 
uh, feature film nominees, kind of the same. Did the right film win? Well, that you only had to go back to 2001. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not as ambitious as you, but, uh, <laughs> but it's cool. I, one of the cool things about the animated branch is that I think more than maybe other branches, they do a really good job of highlighting, uh, independent and smaller films. And, and I, I think that, I don't know. I just, I appreciate that. And they, they also do a really good job of recognizing non CG films. I mean, the year that True. Insight, Inside Out won, uh, the, it was the only CG film nominated, which is pretty, wow. pretty crazy. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so they do a pretty good job this year. Uh, you know, you had, uh, Kubo, that was stop motion. You had My Life is a Zucchini, stop motion. And, that one uh, I haven't seen yet. That's and that uh, The Red Turtle was stop motion. I mean, was um, uh, traditional. So mm-hmm. that's pretty. And, you know, so then just the two Disney entries were the um, CG. So I right. kind of appreciate that they're they're kind of keeping those other mediums alive a little bit in a way. And um, so, yeah. And so... All right. Well, so what would you say uh, is some of the ones that surprised you the most in these various projects that you've done and some of the ones that you were kind of underwhelmed by? Okay. Um, well, one of the ones that I loved was uh, Ship of Fools. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Mm, 1965. Ah, um, cool. And it, it just, it's an amazing idea. It basically, it, it, I guess you could sort of say it's sort of like the love boat type of thing where you have all these different people that, that show up on a, on a cruise ship in the, in the 1930s. But they're, what they did was is they, they have different characters that all represent different aspects of society and showing them interact on this ship. And obviously the name of the film is Ship of Fools because they're all idiots. With, from the perspective that, that they only see themselves as opposed to seeing uh, whatever, you know, the other parts of society and stuff like that. And this is, this is basically a German ship traveling from, uh, I think Cuba or somewhere in, in uh, you know, somewhere in the Caribbean to, on its way to, to, to Europe. Again, I don't remember where, maybe to Spain. Mm-hmm. I think the, the ship is supposed to go or something like that. And, uh, you know, it's 1930s and they're all, and they're, they're mostly Germans. So you have, you know, the, 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 the staunch uh, Nazi ones and you have the, the, the Jew who, who thinks everything's great, you know, in Germany. And you have, uh, you know, a woman, uh, a man who's, who's married to, to, a, to a Jew. So, and, and so you see, the, and there's also, and there's also, also a midget there, right? Mm-hmm. Where he's actually, I uh, can't remember the name of the actor or fan right now. But he's the only actor, uh, I guess you could say, of his stature mm-hmm. to ever uh, be nominated for, for an Oscar. Interesting. Um, okay. And, I mean, the cast was just amazing. That sounds uh, really good. First of all, his, uh, his name is, uh, no, that's not him. Uh, no. uh, can't even think of where he is right now. But, uh, I mean, you have Vivian Leigh. You have Simone Sig- Signore, I think you pronounce it. Yeah, it says Lou Marvin and Jose Ferrar. Uh, like Oscar Werner, mm-hmm. George Siegel, who's also great there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Michael Dunn. That was that. That's the that's the actor. 
Okay. The, just the midget. Cool. Um, and he's great. And uh, Heinz Ruhmann. I mean, the, 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 and of course, Werner Klempner. Mm-hmm. Was uh, I think it was I think it was Colonel Plink. Oh, okay. From uh, Hogan's Heroes. Oh, that uh, sounds really good. It sounds was really... such a, a great movie. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I, I, know, I know that you don't think it should have won because uh, it was up against uh, um, uh, Sound of Music. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, I love Sound of Music also, but, uh, you know, it's just a question of, of in retrospect, looking back at, at the, the themes and messages of the films. Okay. You know? um, so Ship of Fools is one of them that, uh, that I loved. Um, I'll tell you one that I think it, you never hear people talk about that was the Best Picture nominee. It's called Talk of the Town. Uh, and this was... A, uh, I've actually never seen that one. Oh, you haven't? So 1942, and I think this movie is so well-written. It's really funny. It has really good uh, performances, and it's basically, it's about this, uh, it's, a, it's a comedy, but I think it says a little bit more, and it's actually very relevant. It, it, it stars Cary Grant, Gene Arthur, and, and Ronald Coleman. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ronald Coleman plays this man who is this law professor and he believes in sort of the sanctity of law and that law is perfect and the law must be followed with exactness and, and kind of thing. And so he ends up taking this summer house that's owned by Gene Arthur and he goes to move in and it turns out there's this man named Leopold Dilge who has been framed for this arson crime because the town is like super corrupt. And so Leopold Dilge is, is, is escapes from prison because he knows he's just like, there's no way there's no chance of a fair trial, nothing. And so he ends up hiding in the, he ends up showing up the day she's getting the house ready. Uh, and so he's hiding in the attic of this, this law with this law professor staying at the house and, and Leopold Dilge is played by Cary Grant. And so, and they start, he ends up claiming that he's the gardener. Well, so they start having these conversations because he obviously believes that, that justice and uh, Mm -hmm. that the law needs to account for, uh, for kind of human error and that it needs to be a little more flexible. Oh, well, don't, don't, don't give with it too much because I'm, I'm going to okay, see it. Fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. But anyway, and so they have these philosophical discussions. And so it's, it's, but it's also really funny. And wow. so that's sort of the premise. And it's, it's directed by George Stevens. And uh, it's, it's just, I just really love it. And like I said, you never hear anyone talking about it. And when they talk about the great Cary Grant performances, great, uh, uh, you know, movies from that era. And, uh, so that's when I, okay. I should have put that in the hat. Uh, <laughs> <if I'd known. laughs> you want to, you want to change it? You can change it. <laughs> okay. But, you um, have, you have a few hours. You can change it. All right. Uh, but, uh, anyway, so that's um, one, and one other, say. one other, I actually wanted to mention one other that I saw that I loved, uh, grand illusion. Okay. I've heard of that. Now, now I'm not a fan, as I said, I'm not a fan of, of foreign language movies and, over the years, there have been, I think, nine foreign language movies uh, nominated for Best Picture. And this was actually the very first one from 1937. And it's about basically a group of, of uh, POWs from World War I 
and about a prison, uh, about you know, escaping from a POW camp and stuff like that. Um, I truly believe that had the movie been in English, it would have uh, won that year because 1937 was a relatively weak year. Um, that was the year that uh, The Life of Emil Zola won Best Picture, which again, mm-hmm. I love that. I really enjoyed that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, uh, Grand Illusion is even better. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, of the, of, of the foreign language films, there were actually four that I had never seen before. Um, there's this. Uh, Z from 1969, which also I enjoyed. And then there were two that I just couldn't. Uh, there, there was uh, um, The Emigrants, okay, which, is, uh, which was this three and a half hour uh, Swedish film that I found so incredibly boring. And I can't understand. It, it was about these Swedish, this, the, the whole bunch of Swedes that decide they want to move to America in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just long and boring. And, you know, that, that's one of the ones that I'm baffled that it actually was uh, nominated for Best Picture. And the other one was also a Swedish film from 1973 called Cries and Whispers, which, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not a fan of films that are all metaphor and stuff like that. It's about this woman dying of cancer and, you know, these people that are, that are treating her and stuff like that. And, you know, the whole thing with the, this, this was, uh, you know, with all the colors, the reds and the whites. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't understand all that stuff. Well, I want to watch a movie to see a good story, right. not uh, not to have to to think about what the colors mean and what they're trying to imply and stuff like that. But that's just yeah, me. I get I it. Enough, I people, get it. enough people like it. I mean, I know that that Ebert uh, thinks that I think uh, Cries and Whispers I think is on his list of greatest movies ever. Uh-huh. Um, well, that's me. <laughs> I tell you one that I personally think. D- I personally don't like as, as much as other people, certainly. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And a lot of people love this movie. And it, it is very pretty, I admit it. But to me, the flying, it just, to me, it just stops. And I understand that's the style. But to me, it just stops any momentum and becomes Peter Pan. And, and, and I, I want like a, like the great thing about martial arts is that the, that the fighting could potentially kill a person like it, there's just this sense of like your body is a weapon and when they can fly away at a moment's notice it just to me it takes out all the tension it takes out all and it just becomes choreographed and i just lose interest i i i, I don't know okay, that's can, one of one of I the ones that. I yeah that. I, the truth is i actually love Carrie tiger and i actually love the way that they do the flying in the in the, the fighting scenes because of the fact that it's that it's choreographed so gracefully and that's that's the idea because usually with with uh, you know when when you're watching some sort of martial arts or someone fighting or stuff like that it's choreographed but it's not done gracefully it's done. Half, half I part, like uh, the grittiness. I like the like I I don't want gracefulness in my kung in my uh, in my like kung fu movies or my you know the like I, I don't martial either. arts. Movies. I don't either in general, but but here they they just did it yeah. so well. And it was also it was a love story. It was actually a dual love story. Yeah. And uh, you know, I really enjoyed it. The, yeah. the truth is, I think 2000 was was a relatively weak year uh, for best pictures, anyway. And yeah. I would have been very happy had Crouching Tiger won that year. I mean, that was yeah. a year where where you had three movies where they all tied. Basically, they all I think they all had four uh, wins. You know, when you when you got to the to the final one, you had Gladiator, you had uh, uh, Crouching Tiger, and you had um, uh, Traffic. Um, yeah, you know, where where they're all very good movies, but you can't say that any of them are spectacular 
you know, uh, films. I mean, in that year they also had uh, Chocolat and uh, Aaron Brockovich, which I think both of those are are uh, a lot of pretty much overrated. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Julie like I said, that's one of those ones yeah. I know I'm in the minority on, so and that's fine. Um, two others that actually one that I do not care for at all. I do I don't like Birdman. I, I I appreciate the cinematography. I think it looks cool, and I think Keaton is good. But I just found it really misogynistic. I hated how every single female in that movie is shrill and awful and judgmental, and especially when it came down to the critic and that she would write a review and tell the star before it even started. Like that just seemed so ridiculous to me. And and I thought the ending was a total cop out. I hated it. And <laughs> I I know I just. I was baffled because I love Boyhood. I know you're not a fan, but I loved it. I thought it was just an amazing experience at the movies. And I, I just, but I would have picked, honestly, almost any of the other nominees that year. Certainly Whiplash, I think, is better than Birdman. I, I think. I know, that year, that year I would have given it to Selma. I thought yeah, Selma was Selma, amazing. I, I, was, I was very shocked that, that, that yeah. we only got two nominations and, uh, me you too. Know, I'm glad I won best song because that's one of one, one of the most emotional songs you know I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, me too. But, I, uh, I just I just I didn't like it, and I also don't like American Beauty. I think American Beauty is pretentious as just nothing else. You've got like your your floating bag of of uh, of uh, consumerism and suburban culture, and I just I guess I like movies about. I tend to like movies about good people more than movies about bad people. And that's why, I mean, as much as I respect and I I totally think that the Godfather movies are, are masterpieces. They're really well-made. They're just not my favorite. Like if I was going to say like, just cause I just don't like any of the people very much, you know? And so I like tend to like movies, even if I respect, I just tend to like ones that I feel like I feel bond with. I feel like I like the characters so I don't know that obviously that's super subjective, but I don't know. I just hated all the characters in American Beauty. I just found it so pretentious, and I just feel like that whole like. But the, I think that's part of the point. I think you're not supposed to like them. I know, I know, but I I need something. I feel like to kind of bond with them or have some moment where I I sort of feel for them a little bit. I just didn't, and and I just feel like that whole like suburbia thing has been done so many times so much better like even the graduate i think is much better it kind of takes on that those kind of themes i think i i think something like safe by todd haynes i think that does it better there's just a lot of examples i i just i just didn't like it i i thought it was like i said really pretentious and really annoying and so that (laughs) those are two that i i really don't care for um but um Okay, but yeah. that's why we do this because everyone has their opinions about what they <laughs> think is great and what they think is uh, is not. Yeah, <laughs> like I get why other people like them. It's just you know my my opinion. I I think if I was going to say one, and I know we disagree on this as well, but one that I just think was a travesty that it wasn't nominated. Uh, in my opinion, was Hoop Dreams. I just thought that was that was just one of those seminal movies of my life when I saw it I thought it was so moving to just like experience the life of these characters these these men these boys and 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 just these small moments of their life and and uh, and particularly the their their mothers and their families and when the one mother graduates from nursing Wait, you think, school well, I'm sorry sorry to, to interrupt no, you're fine. you 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 uh you're, you're upset that it wasn't nominated for best picture you're upset yeah. that it wasn't nominated for best uh documentary oh. 
because it didn't, both. it wasn't even best documentary. Because you have to, I mean, but if you, if you look back on the history of, of the Oscars for the last eighty nine yeah. years, there's never been a film that was that was a documentary that was nominated. Yeah, you know that that's just something that they put into a totally different category. Yeah, um, that's true. And, it's the same thing. You know, with the animated the animated the movies animation, have yeah. been able to break out into the into the best picture. I mean, they've done it uh, was it three times if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, which should have been more because I really think Inside Out should have should have uh, made it last year. Yeah, I agree with um, you. Because uh, I mean, obviously, Up, Toy Story three, and uh, right. and Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. Beast all deserve to be there. Also, there's no question right. about that. Um, yeah, but I, uh, documentary. Yeah. I, I would find it very. Uh, it would, it would, I don't think a documentary is ever going to be able to break into the best picture category. Which is um, is part of the problem, I think. With I'm like I'm glad they have a best animated. I'm glad they have a best documentary category. But I do think it sort of makes them feel like, well, we're already giving them something, so we don't need to nominate it for best picture. But in my mind, I, I just I just think that was it was a complete travesty. It wasn't nominated for best documentary, but I, I, I think it, it just should have been nominated for best picture. I just love it. So okay, um, no, I understand that. Yeah. I understand. I, I hear what you're yeah. saying, but again, um, I mean, as, as, as we know, everyone looks at the, at the documentaries and the live action shorts and stuff like that. You know, there's those four categories that everyone yeah. just puts on the side, you know, and right. they say, I mean, I've even seen people who do Oscar pools and they, they don't include those even. Yeah. They're like, eh, no one really cares about these anyway. Right. And stuff like that. Um, yeah. And some of the documentaries, uh, I mean, I, I used to never, I used to not be a fan of documentaries, and over the ever since I started uh, my site a few years ago, I've seen a lot more documentaries, mm-hmm. and some of them are just amazing. Yeah. Um, well, and get- uh, I mean, I, yeah. I saw I saw OJ Made in America, which most people don't have the patience to sit and watch an eight hour movie. Um, amazing. Um, yeah. It was unbelievable. Right. I mean, <laughs> if if I had doubts beforehand as to whether he was innocent or guilty. You know, after watching that, I had no doubts anymore. Um, but again, I'm, I'm not yeah. on the jury, so it doesn't matter. But, well, well, uh, but, that, but that, that movie was so, says so much more yeah. about, about the whole atmosphere at the time. Also. Well, in that movie, they actually get one of the jurors to admit that right. that that the reason it was payback. It wasn't that that's mm-hmm. why. And she admits it for all these years, I was like, yeah, that I totally agree. I, anyway, I just, I just love, uh, love that. Um, I love that, uh, film. So, um, that's one that I, I feel like, and there, yeah, there are a lot of animated films that I feel like, uh, should have been at least, I think considered, and maybe they were, but I don't know. There's, since animation is, is my favorite. I, I think another film that I, I just loved that I would have liked recently to have seen in the best picture discussion uh, was um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. That was a movie that, that moved me so much. I thought it was so well done. I thought it had a, uh, a, a message to it, a heart to it that was really beautiful. I thought the acting was great. Special effects were great. I don't know. So that would be one that I, I think could have been in the discussion as well. Yeah, I don't think that's the type of movie. It was good, but I don't think yeah. it's a movie that would that would that would uh, be able to break into the best picture. I mean, come on, if yeah. something like <laughs> The Dark Knight wasn't able to make it, yeah, um, and that was one of the best superhero movies ever. Yeah, um, no, I, I I know I I uh, I I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, I mean, you can right. dream, but yeah. <laughs> uh, we need to be we need to be realistic. No, yeah, I know. I I I guess I, I say these things more as like what I would pick more than yeah, like real realistically i get that um okay well 
Um, so that let's talk. We're going to spend the rest of this the um, podcast sharing our uh, top five. Um, not these are not in, just five of our favorites uh, of the best pitcher winners. And you obviously have seen more of them than I have, uh, but uh, you know I still certainly have five. And these aren't in numer- numerical uh, order because we just couldn't. <laughs> couldn't do it. Yeah, I can't and, do it. <laughs> and so I'll share one and then you share one and then we can kind of talk about it and that should be fun. All right. Uh, so cool. So my first one that I wanted to talk about is uh, Slumdog Millionaire. And this I feel like doesn't get enough credit because of the whole Dark Knight thing. Because people are like, oh, well, it shouldn't have won. Dark Knight should have won. Whatever. And I I just I love this movie so much. I just bonded with it. The the whole uh the, I love again I love movies about good people and and this movie is I just loved these lead characters so much. I felt such a bond to them and I felt like it was so moving to see how the love that they had for each other kind of kept them in a way sort of innocent and pure. I guess that's probably pure is a better word than innocent that it yeah. kind of sheltered them. <laughs> sheltered them from all of this chaos and it gave them something to hope for and something to kind of live for. And I thought that was so beautiful. And, and it's just, there were so many gut wrenching moments. It was so beautifully filmed. It was, was, you know, the colors and the movement and the, and I really liked the, the sort of the framework of the, the show to kind of narrate you through the story. I thought that worked really well. I thought the acting was really good. I just, I just, I love the music. It was great. So I loved uh, Slumdog Millionaires. One of my favorites. It's one of the first R-rated movies that I actually ever saw, if you can believe it. Because uh, I, <laughs> I, for a long time, I had a no R-rated movie policy. And I, I went and saw Slumdog Millionaire for, I don't even remember why, but I did. And I just loved it. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to have that rule anymore. <laughs> because you've been actually shown that it's possible. Right. And clean, relatively. It's, yeah. Innocent, innocent. Because it's mature, <laughs> but it's not offensive. Correct. Right. And I can hear that. Yeah. So um, anyway, right. what I, do you think I, of Slumdog? Slumdog is is uh, I found it to be an interestingly written uh, film, and they they, mm-hmm. they do it very cleverly. Um, but I just didn't feel for the characters uh, enough, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, it it. Uh, it seems too uh, going back to what we were saying before. It seems too choreographed. Mm-hmm. The the whole story, the way the whole thing uh, works. I mean, obviously, when when someone's writing a story, they're going to write it in a, in a certain way, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But uh, I, I just didn't find it as sympathetic as uh, as apparently most of the Oscar voters did, because uh, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly, they won eight eight Oscars. Yeah. So uh, you know, but then again, there there are movies that that. You know, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen, have you ever seen uh, Gigi or Gigi or however it's pronounced? Yeah, from not a big fan of that one. I hated that movie, and I can't understand how I got nine nine no. uh, Oscar uh, Oscars. No, so. it's really yeah, it it's it's kind of creepy in a weird way if you think about it. Thank heaven for little girls and everything. It's a little weird. Yeah, exactly. That's a very weird movie. <laughs> that I, I'm, I, I watched it and I was so bored when I saw it yeah. years ago, and I couldn't understand how it won nine Oscars. But, yeah. Uh, whatever. I... <laughs> so yeah, Slumdog's not on my. It's not high on on my my list. If I were to, if I were to ever rank the eighty nine films, it would probably somewhere be somewhere in the middle. 
Fair enough. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't rise to, to close to the top. Fair enough. I yeah, I really bonded with it, but that that's that's cool. Right. Again, um, that's the way it always. All right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so, uh, what about one of yours? All right. Um, how about the best years of my of our lives? Um, it's a movie from 1946 when it, it came out about a year after uh, World War II ended, and it's about uh, three uh, three sol- uh, three soldiers returning home and how they uh, integrate their lives. Reintegrate back into their old lives again because basically they were away fighting the war and life continued. And uh, you know, you have one guy who's who's married with uh, with, with two uh, teenage kids. Uh, you have another one who actually uh, who who's, who's who was engaged to, to be married and he lost both of his arms. And that's actually played by Harold Russell, who was a real uh, veteran that lost his arms. Uh, so they didn't even, he's actually the only person to ever win two Oscars for the same role in the same movie because they gave him a special, uh, uh, Oscar also for, you know, being able to show veterans and things like that. Um, and then the third one is, is, is a guy who got married right before he, he went off to, to war and comes back. And so you, you see how, uh, all three of them have, you know, they, they've, they've been, Dealing with and, and they're also in different branches of the army, different branches of the, of, of the service. You know, uh, the, the the older guy is the, the, the married guy with, with two kids. He's he's in, he's in the army, and uh, the one who who got married right before he went off to war uh, was in the air. He was a pilot in the air force or a bombardier actually, and then the third one was in the navy. The guy who lost his arms. So you get a, you get a very clear view as to. Uh, what all three of these guys went through during the war, and now they've come home thinking that everything's going to go back to normal, and everything has changed for them. Um, and I still find it amazing that this is a movie that came out over seventy years ago, and it's still so relevant today. Um, seeing how people treated, you know, how, we all know how people treated veterans during Vietnam, and uh, you know how people are how the veterans are being treated now. Uh, you know, over the last uh, 15 or 15 plus years of, of the war in the Middle East, mm-hmm. um, where life continues on on the home front. But these people come back and they have to try and reintegrate themselves into their own lives. And it's, it's just, uh, it's amazing how poignant the whole thing still is after all these years. Yeah, have you, you know what? Have you ever seen it? I have not seen it, uh, but you're the third person, literally, uh, since uh, in this Oscar season, to recommend that I see it and say it was in their top five. So I've got to see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a it's a three hour movie, but but yeah. it doesn't feel that way. Yeah, um, it really flies through. Yeah, it's interesting how uh, they. I think they just had more patience back then. You know, every once in a while you'll get a. a a boyhood or, you know, a movie that's almost three hours or something like that. The Revenant now, was also the Revenant, very long. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you'll get one of those now, but pretty rarely. I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting to think like a movie such as My Fair Lady was th- basically three hours long. You know, that would never happen now. And no. No. Well, this, could, this could people have less, less uh, patience for, for a yeah. musical that long. Yeah. Well, I mean, just, yeah, it it would just never, never happen. And I did, they had a Silver Screens Classics series at uh, at our local theater last fall. And they had six of the movies were almost three hours long. (laughs) There was, there was a uh, Ben-Hur, 
Lawrence of Arabia, Sound of Music, uh, Giant, uh, the um, Dr. Zhivago, and um, one other one I can't think of. But, you, uh, went to all, you saw all of them? Yeah, every oh, week. Oh, wow, I'm very, I'm very jealous. It was awesome. And, yeah, then they had – there were ten films, and then there was The Searchers, uh, uh, and it was only $10 for the whole package, which was crazy. Singing mm-hmm. in the Rain, North by Northwest – uh, Driving Miss Daisy, which was a weird one to throw in there. Uh, it was like, not quite up with all these other levels. Like, it's solid, whatever. But Because of Oscar so white. Um, yeah, I guess. It's not quite up with, with uh, Ben-Hur, though. I mean, I, I don't think. But um, anyway. I, yeah, that was that, that, Driving Miss Daisy is, 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 is a fun movie, but it's also, you, you question how it, how it won that year. Actually. Yeah, 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 I agree. So anyway, but it was pretty amazing experience. And, uh, and, but, but yeah, there's just, it was sort of exhausting though, like six weeks in a row going to a three hour movie. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I would but love it. It was good. It was good. <laughs> it was very good. So. All right. So, so now, okay. you, now you have what to put on your, your list of what you yes. have to say. Yes. And it's, I will. it's clean. It's clean. <laughs> awesome. I, yeah, I, I, I need, I will see it and I will let you know what I think. I'm sure I'll love it. Can't wait to hear yeah. Um, so, and, then, and don't don't be shy to say you didn't like it. That's okay. all right. Also, <laughs> I, I'm never shy. Uh, so, okay. Um, a next one on my list uh, that I actually just saw on the big screen this week, this last week, uh, is um, All About Eve. Oh wow! Okay. I love this movie. I think it is just probably my favorite script ever written. Uh, I know it's hyperbole. Clever. I love the script. It's so good. And, and just, I, I actually did a monologue from it when I was uh, uh, in drama in high school. Like I plucked out a, a monologue from it. There's just such great performances. It's so well-written. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's so entertaining, such great characters. And uh, so, yeah, I, I guess I don't, surprisingly, I don't have a ton to say on it, but the cinematography looks really good. Uh, it's just, just that script. The script is great. <laughs> well, it's one of the it's one of the first times that that the Academy showed how much they like movies about actors and yeah. uh, you know and their their trade. Sure. Because you you see it quite often. I mean, that's why everyone was saying La La Land was going to win this year, and and uh, you know Birdman, um, the yeah. artist. You know yeah. the 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 you know the the voters love seeing movies about themselves. Sure. That, that's why that's also why they say Argo won. Uh, for that same mm. reason, um, but uh, so that was actually one of the first ones where they did it, where they just took everything and said, "Okay, you know, let's let's just make it, uh, you know, from for the theater instead of the instead of films." Yeah. Um, but it was very clear that you can see that they're talking about the the way movie stars work, and mm-hmm. with all that, it's actually very interesting to see that, that that even now it still works the same way. You know, I mean, it's funny and sad. It that, is. It uh, is. It is very funny. I mean, we were laughing throughout. Like someone like George Sanders is so witty and funny in it. Uh, I think that Betty Davis has some really great, funny sort of put downs and lines. And mm-hmm. yeah, you feel for her. You really do feel for her. And she should be a character that you don't really like all that much. But but I don't know. You feel you, you feel for her, and you right. feel you want her to be happy. And uh, and. Uh, it, it surprises you. You don't exactly kind of know what Eve's plan is. You kind of suspect it, uh, but I, it, it's very absorbing. And, and 
So well, I'm jealous you got to see them in the theater. <laughs> yeah, they do every month here. Uh, the Cinemark does a uh, Cinemark Classics, and so this wow. month is uh, is the um, Quiet Man. So that'll be fun. I just saw that last week again. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know feminists don't like it, but I I like it. <laughs> So, uh, what is, what's your next one? Okay. My next one is, uh, Bridge in the River Kwai. I'm basically going in year order, mm-hmm. year order, I guess you could say. Bridge in the River Kwai. Yeah. Um, which is basically, uh, a movie about, uh, about allied POWs in a uh, Japanese camp, uh, during World War II. And, uh, basically the different type of personalities that are in this type of, uh, prison camp. And, uh, you know, you have this, this American, uh, who's there. And mm-hmm. then right at the beginning of the movie, you have this entire regiment of, uh, of British soldiers that, that have, uh, basically, uh, um, uh, what's the name? They, they, uh, gave up. <laughs> they, I'm trying to think of the word right now. They, uh, yeah, surrendered. Surrendered. There's the word. That's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. They surrendered and, uh, then you you see the, the 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 psychological fight between the commander of the the British troops, played by Alec Guinness, who won an Oscar for this, and uh, and the 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 commandant of the camp. I don't know if commandant is the right word for for a uh, uh, for a Japanese camp, but uh, <laughs> I don't remember what what uh, what this called. And that's played by. Um, uh, what's his name? I'm coming there. I'm not even going to pronounce it well. Uh, anyway, by uh, Sisui Hayakawa as their Colonel Saito, and uh, it's very interesting seeing these two men, you know, who are uh, on op- they're, they're, they have to live their lives together. They have to live out the war together, and you know, they, they both want to stand on ceremony to show their um, to show their men you know, that they're still in control. And uh, it's basically a battle of wits uh, between the two of them because, uh, you know, the, the, the Japanese want, want the British uh, officers to, to work on, uh, you know, in manual, doing manual labor and the British refuse to do it because of the Geneva Convention. Um, and, I mean, I don't want to give away too much about the movie. And then uh, you, you have this American who's seeing everything from the side and mm-hmm. uh, just... Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable uh, the, the, where this movie, where, where the story takes all of these characters. Yeah. Um, again, I don't want to give away too much. Uh, yeah, this is a great that people movie. Haven't seen, you should see it. It's, yeah. uh, and obviously, it's got one of the best uh, uh, best known uh, scores, soundtracks. But no, it's well the idea of having Colonel Bogey's March, right? Where right, you know right. everyone knows that that uh, you know you can whistle while you work. Right. As you can say. Yeah, that movie is so uh, layered in the ways that you can enjoy it, the ways that you can, in the character development is, and when certain things happen, it's just completely devastating. And because you have gotten kind of all worked up along with the characters. I don't want to give it away, but, but, uh, but it's just, it's a great movie. Very good choice. Uh, So, all right. So my, Next choice is uh, is Lawrence of Arabia, and I actually saw this as part of that series for the first time 
And I, I went into thinking, oh, this thing's going to be boring. I'm not going to like it. And I was just, I was just blown away by it. I thought it was so rich and deep and interesting. And I loved all of the characters. I think that Lawrence is such an interesting character and sort of the, I could have watched it for longer. Like it could have been a miniseries or something. Like I was just so interested in the story of his character and how he went, uh, he was somebody that was like an enigma. He was hard to figure out. Like he, he, he was somebody who uh, wasn't just sort of this paragon of virtue. Like he, he was kind of, I mean, I say I like movies about good people, but he was somebody that I liked, but then sometimes didn't like. So it was a little more complex, I guess. Um, And I think, I think Omar Sharif is so great in that, playing his role. And I I think it just kept surprising me and going darker places than I expected and then being funny at times and then being, and just the cinematography is incredible. It still holds up. I think Uh, it, it looks just, just amazing. And I, I I don't know. I just I was really surprised at just how complex the characters were because I was expecting it to be kind of a a Moses sort of like s- story in the sense of it being just this like epic with this like archetypal hero kind of a story. But it's really not. Uh, it's really not like that. It's it's a lot more um, nuanced than that. I think so. Right. I definitely agree. I think Kevin March was a great movie, and and mm-hmm. uh, it's funny that 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 we just talked about two David Lean. Uh, you know, films back to back because mm. you know there's a lean one uh, best director and obviously his movie won best picture both for Bridge on the River Kwai and uh, Lawrence of Arabia. And yeah. what's what's interesting is I mean I've seen a number of lean stuff and he he reuses the same actors over and over and it's very funny because like Alec Guinness is also in uh, Lawrence of Arabia playing uh, the the sheik I think uh, I think it is called mm-hmm. um, yeah, Lawrence of Arabia is great. I mean that is something that I would love mm-hmm. to see one day on. Uh, on the big screen also mm. um, because of the, the grandeur of the whole thing, you know, mm-hmm. because of the way that it, that it, that it's filmed. And it's not um, really a white savior thing. Like if anything, they end up saving him like many times and they end up kind well, of it's back and forth. Right. Yeah. It's back and forth. That's right. And, but he is kind of, he's got an ego. He's sort of a diva at times, but then like things happen that are really devastating. And, and uh, so I don't know, just a lot of the, I feel like I feel like the various uh, characters are from the Arab or Arab characters are very. Some of them are in brown face, which isn't great, but but I do think though that they are also pretty nuanced and and well. I think maybe since it's just so long, they have time and and uh, and so yeah. I think it's just I was just so impressed. The music's amazing, and it <laughs> so many ways to enjoy it. So. Uh, so what would be the next one for you on your list? Okay. Um, the next one, Schindler's list. Okay. Uh, Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry. We had an unstable connection for a second, but hopefully that's over. So Schindler's list, uh, yeah. So Schindler's List, and, and the the truth is, is, I think that that would if if I ever were to have to rank all of the best pictures, uh, Schindler's List would be in the in the top three, if not mm. the top film, because it's just amazing. I mean, Steven Spielberg was able to to make such an emotional film, um, uh, and he just 
did it in a way that, that no one expected him to be able to do it. I mean, I remember when, when, uh, when it came out and like I was debating going to see it and stuff and, and I uh, kept saying, Oh, I'm just not in the mood to see a, you know, a, a, a an emotionally draining, uh, uh, you know, three and a half hour, uh, Holocaust movie. And then I realized that one second, once you go there, it's going to get you into that mood to, 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 and, and you're just, you're so engrossed throughout the entire movie. I mean, I've seen it, I've seen it probably, uh, between five and 10 times. I can't even remember how many times. Um, and it's, it's, it really pulls you in and you you feel as if you're there. Mm-hmm which a lot of movies don't, don't have the ability to do um, that, that uh, you know, a lot of movies you're, you, you get the fly on the wall type of feeling, but here you, you're, you're more than just a fly on the wall. You're a fly on someone's head watching the whole thing. Um, and uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously a heartbreaking uh, tale, but, but it's still done so well. And I'd, I'd be surprised if anyone is ever able to make something as uh, 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 as as well as he did this. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I think just just the scene with the the girl with the red red coat is that scene alone is just uh, it's just stunning. You know, you just think, how could this happen? <laughs> it's just sure. oh brutal and I, I think what again i said that i like movies about good people but i think when you're dealing with something like the holocaust i think that what is interesting about schindler's list is that schindler is a bad man like he's not a good person and yet he because things are so screwed up and so messed up he kind of becomes a good man right but he, he starts off doing it out of greed yeah exactly that's <laughs> what i'm saying yeah yeah that that it it just even it, it just shows how messed up it was that that uh, that someone like him could kind of be end up being in a way sort of a, a hero. But the Ben Kingsley character is the real hero. Uh, he's so good in right. that film. The, he's, he was great in that film. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he actually also should have won uh, Best Supporting Actor that year. But yeah, uh, I wonder who won. Do you, um, do you know off the top of your head? Uh, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> what type of question is that? That was Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Oh, oh, I do love that performance too, but, but yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's a, a, just a, a, a remarkably quiet performance for that kind of a film. I think that, that actually Schindler's List in a lot of ways is kind of a quiet film. It's not a movie that, like a scene like the, the, the girl with the red coat, it, it's not really trying to emotionally manipulate you that much like all films manipulate you a little bit but some holocaust films some war films uh are are, are very uh i don't know they almost don't give you right. a chance i, to I need to actually make a correction one second let me just make one correction yeah um he wasn't even nominated that year oh yeah <laughs> the only the only, nom- the only uh best supporting actor nominee that year was for uh ray fines wow for, for list. but uh huh. again i mean tommy lee jones did win that year Wow. Um, huh. But, uh, That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So now I understand why Tommy Lee Jones won because he wasn't up against uh, Ben Kinnickley. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I just, I do appreciate that it, it's quiet. And it's but that's not, the whole idea of it. It's yeah. something that, 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 that is, it's, it's not in your face. Yeah. It's, it slowly builds 
and and gets you into the right mood and mind frame of what's going on and what's happening and mm-hmm. the absurdity of it all and the horror of it all, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something you'll never forget. It's not one that I can watch very often because it's just such a taxing experience, but uh, it, you, you know, I just never forget that, that girl with the red coat. Like that's just one of those most iconic moments ever in movies, I think. Well, because he, 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 he broke his own rule by having everything in black and white. Right. You know, and then just that, that's the one thing that's not black and white. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure you noticed, but a little later sure. on, you see the red coat again. Yep. That's exactly. what makes it so powerful. That's right. Yeah. So I'm actually uh, breaking, uh, or, or I'm switching up my list a little bit uh, from what okay. I had sent you, um, but it's not one you have unless you changed up your list. Uh, my next one I'm going to talk about is Amadeus. And I don't know why I didn't think of it at first. I'm swooping. I love Ben-Hur. It's so amazing. We already talked about one epic. I'm going to talk about Amadeus because I just love Amadeus. I think Amadeus is such a great uh, character study about uh envy and how you if you allow how how if you if you're envious the other person can be completely oblivious to the fact that they're living in your head 24 7 but you will you allow them to have a spot in your head and it just grows and grows and grows and grows until it becomes this mania and that's what happens with salieri uh, that he just he can't he, he even admits to the priest, you know, that, that, that he can't kind of forgive. Like even that, even basically killing Mozart in his eyes, at least it, it's still not enough for him to get over his anger at God and his anger at the way at, at Mozart for being so talented. And I, I think the way that the movie shows the experience of listening to music as a music lover that's something I just the way that they kind of close their eyes and you can see them them kind of picturing the music in their heads is so like perfect and that's the way that a music lover really experiences music and of course all of the operas are all just so well done beautifully done I think that all the performances are so good F Murray Abraham I gave you know the performance of his career but he's just he's so uh like he's just he's such an interesting character and he just allows cuz he is talented and how and it's such a character that's so easy to relate to because how many of us like want to be great at something but uh, in the end we just don't have it you know we just we we can be we're good we're solid uh but it's kind of the opposite of you know something like La La Land, where it's like go for your dreams or whatever, and and uh, whereas like with Amadeus, like he could try as hard as he could, but he was never going to be as good as Mozart. That's right. just that's it. And uh, so I find that just fascinating and wonderful, and it's so well filmed, it's so beautiful, like the way they use Prague to create that feel, that old world feel, and so yeah, this one I'm I'm changing it up. Okay, well, um, I mean, I, I do enjoy Amadeus. Mm-hmm. I'm not as much of a music lover as you are, so that, that makes things a little more difficult for me to, to, to absolutely love it so much uh, that I want to keep watching it. Um, I've, I've actually only seen it probably two or three times. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, you, you, you already uh, pointed out some of the best things about the film. 
Um, you know, the whole idea, the character study, basically, that, that no matter how great you can be, sometimes everyone has their limitations and uh, you're just going to, you know, sometimes be jealous of someone else who, who has a natural ability that you can't uh, even come close to matching. And there probably were people that were envious of Salieri, you know, that he spent all of his time worrying about. Yeah, but no one, no one tried killing him. Right. <laughs> right. And so, I don't know, I just, I, I think it's such a a well-made, well-executed. Yeah, I mean, also, I, I think that, I mean, the that year, 1984, uh, was, was a relatively, yeah, 1984 was, was a relatively weak Best Picture year anyway. Oh, okay. um, and, I mean, Amadeus is, is way ahead of the rest. Mm. Um, but uh, but there was nothing else that could even come close. I mean, you had a soldier story, Place It in the Heart, Passage to India, and The Killing Fields. I think The Killing Fields is the one that comes the closest. Yeah. But it's still very far away from from uh, where Amadeus was able to, yeah. to get. Because, I mean, for many years, the, the Oscar voters looked at epics. They, they, they loved epics. Sure. Um, the, the the fact that that uh, if if I mean if someone goes and and, and uh, catalogs everyone that's won, there's so many years where there are epics that have won uh, that have, that have ended up winning uh, best picture. Up until the mid '90s, when I think the English Patient was the last real epic that mm-hmm. uh, that won something. I mean, unless you want to talk about, I mean. Um, I, now I'm going to talk about my next one, which is Titanic, which is sort of an epic, mm-hmm. um, but it's not your your classical epic. Uh, you know, it's not an epic in the classical sense that that, that many of the other uh, uh, epics who want. So Titanic is is one of my favorite films. Um, uh, obviously, I I wasn't a uh, teenage girl when it came out. I'm still not. I was. Um, <laughs> And I mean, I saw it on the in, on the on, in the theater, and I was amazed at the way this this movie was was given to us. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. it's over three hours, but you don't feel it. And I, I think one of the best things they did about it. I mean, um, just for those who who are living on another world that don't know what Titanic is, um, <laughs> it's basically a love story set on the backdrop of the first and only and last. Uh, trip of the ocean liner Titanic that was going from England to to New York and uh, uh, met this this iceberg along the way and didn't didn't make it all the way. Um, but uh, James Cameron, uh, there, there's a lot to say about his personality. Uh, not necessarily always good things, but um, he was able to make an amazing amazing movie here. Um, everything is done right. I mean the the and the thing that 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 I always loved about it is right at the beginning within fifteen minutes, they basically tell you everything that's going to happen because they 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 show you a mock up of what happened on on right. the the ship, and once you see that, you store it in your mind and you forget about it and as the movie is going along, you see all these things happen, and you start to remember, wow, they said that was going to happen, they said that was going to happen and it all just plays out so well uh, as it's going along the way. Um, and uh, the, the music is amazing. Mm-hmm. The, the production design, I mean, everything, the, the way that, that, that the ship looks and the people are, and every way everyone's dressed and they talk. And, and uh, I mean, for me, the, 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 I, I love the fact that they talk about the, the, you know, the differences of society, 
you know, where you have the upper class and the lower class. And so and you have, and they, 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 they uh, point that out so many times throughout the movie, even at the point where people are, where they're deciding who to rescue, you know, where, where one of the characters, uh, uh, Kate Winslet's mother in the movie, she says, will there be separate seating for first and first and third class passengers? And, you know, you, 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 you see the, the, the way people uh, put themselves into certain classes and, uh, you know, and, and uh, put on blinders and don't see anything else about what's going on. Um, and also to me, the, the most amazing thing about the movie is, is, and I've, I've seen this movie probably close to 20 times, if not more. And again, that that's a three hour movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just saw it again uh, uh, the day after the Oscars this year, the, the morning after. And uh, uh, it's the love story. I, I just in in uh, you know in all the movies that I've seen uh, in my lifetime, this is one of the ones that you that at least I can can clearly see how much uh, love there is between these two characters, where they're together for such a short amount of time. But it's but I find it believable. Um, a lot of movies, you know, you have the the meet cute and stuff like that, and then uh, you know you see oh they're they're automatically in love but this movie takes its time to develop the characters and develop their love story um and it's not just a disaster movie mm-hmm. i mean i wouldn't even classify it i remember when it was when when people were talking about how much of a of a quote unquote disaster the movie was going to be um because it was running over budget and everything like that mm-hmm. um and everyone said that it was going to be a real disaster movie not just uh, a movie about a disaster mm-hmm. um and I mean, it, now it's been 20 years and, you know, uh, yeah. it's just amazing. If you, if you want to see how this is done wrong and get a whole new respect for Titanic, watch Pearl Harbor and that'll give you a whole <laughs> new respect for Titanic. I, I, I like Titanic. I, I wouldn't be, it would be probably the middle of my list, kind of similar to you in Slumdog, I guess. But um, I, I kind of wish the only thing I, I critique against it is I kind of wish you got to know some of the other characters a little bit better than, and so, cause I feel like when, when the tragedy happens, there's one moment where uh, characters are, are reading children a book, I think that, mm-hmm. that, that made me cry. Um, but I felt like I wish there had been more moments like that where I, where I'd gotten to know sort of the whole ship as opposed to feeling like I kind of just felt sad about Jack and Rose. And so that, that would be my only sort of critique of it. Cause it is a real thing and these were real people. So I kind of wish that they all got maybe their, their, uh, fleshed out a little bit better. Um, but it's all the things you said are very true. Uh, it, it, it's a beautiful movie. The James Horner score. I love, yeah, you know, a lot of amazing. people got sick of that Celine Dion song. I don't care. I think it's a beautiful song. I and, love that song. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorite uh, Oscar winning songs. It's one yeah. of my favorite songs. I mean, I can listen to the, to, to the soundtrack without a problem, you know, just yeah. listen to the music. Um, it's just yeah. done so, so well. Um, one thing I wanted to point out, what you said about uh, the, uh, about fleshing out the other characters, but they, they didn't flesh out the other characters because they wanted to stay focused on, on Jack and Rose, but they give us so many uh, short, pictures of the other characters that tell us a lot about the characters themselves also. Mm. You know, they didn't develop them, but, but, but you get a clear sense of a lot of the characters of who they are and what they are and what they mean. I mean, and part of it is also the, the, uh, 
you know, the myths of, of Titanic, the idea of the, you know, that the band, the band played until the very last moment and, you know, the captain, you know, deciding to go down with the ship, all those types yeah. of things. It's done subtly, but it's, yeah. but you, if, I mean. Well, it makes sense in a way to, because she's telling the story. So it makes sense that, of course, it would be focused on her and Jack because it's her story. She's telling the story, but she also mentions all these other people that she yeah. sees along the way, which is, which is a cute way of, of introducing us yeah. to all those other type of characters also. I just could have seen okay. a little bit more of them, but but I I, mm-hmm. uh, I understand what you're saying, and it's certainly a a, a, a good film. And I'd, I'd love to see the four or five hour version of it. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Uh, and and you got to give Cameron credit for bold filmmaking. He he, he always goes for it 100, percent and I no which I really it. appreciate. <laughs> Uh, so, all right, cool. Um, so next on my list, it's, is, is this your final one? Yes, I guess it is. Yes, it is. So there my is. last one is, I admit a little bit of nostalgia with this one, uh, but I still love it is the sound of music and sound of music uh, was a movie I watched a lot as a kid. In fact, when it was a pick for this, this series, uh, last fall, I I was so surprised that it was three hours. I had never, almost three hours long. I had never, it had never occurred to me that it was that long. I mean, I, and I think that says something. If you, if you enjoy a movie Correct. and you don't even realize that it's three hours long, like that says something. And I, I think this is probably the best example of a stage to, I'm a huge Broadway buff, huge show tunes buff. This is probably the best show, uh, stage to screen adaptation ever. It, they actually make it much better. The The movie is significantly better than the stage version. The stage version was written for Mary Martin who had a very limited range so then when they got Julie Andrews they were able to add some really good songs like I Have Confidence was added. Uh, they added the uh, Something uh, something Good uh, which was different in the original uh, version and which I really love that scene uh, and they took out two scene, two songs that I think make Max and the Baroness much more uh, deceitful and much more conniving. And so they, I think they made their characters more subtle and more interesting. And I love the songs. I, I, I just think in each of the way this, this, these songs are staged in Salzburg and Austria, Austria. And it's so great. I love all of, I think the child performances are wonderful and uh, I love Christopher Plummer and Julie Andrews have amazing chemistry together and it, it's romantic. It has moments of tension. It has moments of laughter, like the lonely goat herder, you know, seeing things like that that are kind of funny. Uh, mm-hmm. It, it's, uh, it, yeah, I just, I just love it. I could watch it almost any day, <laughs> but, it, but it sounded amazing. Okay. Right. I love um, it. I, I, I too have, uh, I saw it so many times as a kid. Um, <laughs> and I, I, a lot of the songs I know by heart. Um, such a great movie. Yeah. Um, as, as I said uh, earlier, I mean, now having seen Ship of Fools, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that Ship of Fools didn't win over it, but uh-huh. uh, The Sound of Music is definitely one of, one of the best uh, musicals. Um, I, I must say that most of the musicals that have won Best Picture are not among my favorite, but Sound of Music is is my favorite of the lot. Yeah, Let's um, I mean, I like it better than than uh, My Fair Lady, definitely more than Chicago. Yeah, I'm not a fan Agreed. of Chicago at all. 
Um, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Gigi, I'm not a fan of either. No. Um, uh, I'm not a fan of Oliver either. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, I don't. I don't hate it, but in the um, like I'd say the three great, the three best that I can think of off the top of my head are are West Side Story. Oh, West Side Story, I forget yeah, about. Right, Sound I'm, of a, music. I'm a big fan of West Side. Yeah, and My Fair Lady. I think those are the three best. But okay. I, I think West, Sound. My, of, I would say I would say West Side Story and Sound of Music are are both yeah. uh, my top two. West Side Story. I always have a problem with the fact that you have these. Uh, Supposed gang members that are singing and dancing the whole time. Um, <laughs> yeah, and they do. I wish that they had actually. I mean, you see this all over in that era, but I do wish they had cast actual Latinos and Puerto Ricans, whatever, in the roles. But oh well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> right. Well, Rita Moreno was. Yeah, Rita Moreno was, was, but some of the others had brown face, which not my favorite. Yeah. But it was just the era that it was. Yeah. Okay, I can understand that. Yeah. So. Um, okay, my final. Uh, I, I have a little bit of a problem because I have two that I think are amazing and they're so very different. Um, so you tell me which one you'd rather I talk about. There's The Apartment and Platoon. Uh, let's, I haven't seen Platoon. So let's talk about Apartment because I love, I consider that for my list also. I love it. No, let's okay. talk about that. All right. Um, so The Apartment. It's a movie from 1960 with uh, Jack Lemmon and uh, Shirley MacLaine, and it's basically uh, uh, a movie about this this, this uh, low-level uh, accountant who has an apartment that all of his bosses like to borrow from him in order to to have their uh, romances with their uh, uh, mm-hmm. with their girlfriends, yeah, instead of their wives. And right. uh, um, first of all, I mean Billy Wilder did an amazing job with this movie, both writing it and directing it, um, because it's just, um, it's done so cleverly. Yeah. I mean, here you have the, uh, a story about uh, basically affairs and infidelity, and they only subtly reference them. Yeah. They, they, don't, they don't blatantly talk about it, and they joke about it every so often here and there and stuff like that. But, but it's not, you know, if, if this movie was made today, yeah. it would They'd ruin be it. so different. It would be completely ruined because it would be all very blatant. And right. the fact that most of it is is subtly done and things are thrown in here and there. Um, and, you know, obviously, it, it a side point. I mean, I've, I've now watched a lot of older movies that I've never seen before, you know, from the 1930s and 40s and some from the 50s, stuff like that. And it's amazing to see um, the, the themes that, that, the, that that are discussed a lot in these movies that are done subtly, that partially because of the yeah. Hayes Code and stuff like that. But but it makes uh, them so much more. To me, it makes them so much sexier, so much more interesting, so much more provocative. Uh, like I think Brexitivities is another really good example of that. Right. Uh, okay. You, you know sure. that there's a lot of you know she's a call girl. There's a lot of sexual stuff, but it's all sort of implied. And you know she's right. a phony, but she's a real phony. And uh, and so. I think that makes it so much better than that's than so true. That, that actually wasn't where I was going, but that's very true. <laughs> yeah. Where I was going was as it shows that 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 people are still the same they were seventy, eighty years ago. Yeah. You know, things things haven't changed with the the things people think about and that people do and stuff like that. But the difference is, is the way that it's presented. Right. And the presentation, um, the the way that things are done subtly as opposed to blatantly, um, sometimes shows. Um, 
uh, more intelligence. Right. You know, movies like The Apartment are are showing an intelligent view of these type of things yes. as opposed to just trying to get the ratings or, or to get people in the right. seats to, to watch the movie because they know there's going to be, you know, uh, uh, R-rated stuff in it. I mean, here's right. just discussing the thing. And it's, again, it's, it's, a, it's a guy who just wants to, to find his place in, in the world and find his love and stuff like that. And, and uh, he, he, he does things in order to, to make people like him until he realizes that, wait a second, I don't need to do this anymore mm-hmm. for them to like me. They should like me for who I am. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, Shirley MacLaine's character has the same issue that, that she wants to be liked by her bosses. And that's why she has these affairs with her bosses. And then she finally meets a guy that that's normal and starts saying, wait a second, do I need to continue having, you know, the, these affairs or maybe I actually can have, you know, a great relationship with someone. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm giving this one away, but uh, you know, the, the, the last line in the movie, you know, shut up and deal uh, it's just great. Yeah. Yeah. This um, movie, I love movies about work and maybe cause I'm not married. Like I, I feel like, you know, work is such a huge part of my life and I have totally had the, the job where I was in the cubicle putting in, you know, data bored out of my mind. And so I, I, I think I, I don't know if I discovered this movie then or if I just grew to love it then, but it, it, it I so relate to isn't his name Stanley or anyway in the movie that CC Baxler. Oh, you're talking about no, this is the uh, that I so related to the Jack Lemon character. I forget his name, but but CC Baxter, yeah, CC Baxter. That you know, just feeling like oh, you're you're one in this that that great opening shot where you just see like all the desks just laid out, and and you just the idea of getting that corner office would have just been like heaven and Correct. and and, he, and I think that it's such an interesting thing about because we talk about the idea of ambition as being just sort of this uh this like I hear I hear some of my single friends like I want to I want to marry a guy who's very ambitious I'm like really you sure about that and because <laughs> because uh, they're, watch they're, the apartment <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and because certainly ambition can be a wonderful thing but where do you draw the line and he starts with one compromise and then he makes another compromise and then he makes another compromise and it just kind of keeps spiraling but he keeps getting rewarded for the compromises and so they become in a way easier to make at a certain point and and, uh, and that's that's easy for any of us to do uh, in a work environment or other environments you know to say well i'm gonna fudge on my time card or i'm gonna you know you just make these little i'm gonna take an extra long lunch or just little sat these and little compromises these compromises of your ethics, like, oh, the boss was in here, or, oh, I was working extra hard for those, you know, so I don't need to count that extra hour I took off, or whatever it might be that, right. that you're sort of, you're, you're compromising, and you compromise, and then another, and another, another, until you become this person that you hate, and I think that's the moment that both of them have, by the end of it, they're like, they just sort of realize <laughs> that that's you, right. I've become this person that I hate, and and uh, so, yeah, it, it's it, it's an amazing movie. I love it. Right. And I, I love the casting of Fred McMurray as, yes. uh, as the boss, uh, because I mean, I grew up watching him on uh, my three sons you know, right. this was before I saw double indemnity and things like that. And I always saw him as um, this, this uh, innocent right. clear cut guy. And to see him in this type of role where he's, you know, where he's two timing his wife and uh, you know, 
trying to try, just wants to get that key to the apartment. You think you think that 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 uh, you know he'd have enough cash lying around he could just go to a hotel. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. But so that, those, those leave like one. a trail and stuff. So there's reasons True. why. No, no, of course, they leave of a paper course, trail. But uh, but yeah, that's a great pick. Another one that I love that I, I could have picked is uh, my left foot. That's another one that I think could have been really maudlin and really patronizing. Yeah, but it didn't win. But it didn't win. It didn't win. No. I thought it did. No, driving Miss Daisy won that year. Oh, oh, that's a shame. I thought it won. My left foot. No, um, uh, Daniel Day Lewis won. Yeah, he's amazing. And Brenda, three, Brenda Fricker. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, that did not win the best picture. Oh, okay, misspoke. I do. I love that movie too because I just think it could have been super patronizing and and really. But he's like an actual like human being. He's not just a special needs person. Right. Um. Anyway, so that was another one I thought of, and uh, so yeah. But there's lots of the truth is amazing the year, movies. The year, the year that, that 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 my left foot was nominated, I would actually rank it fourth out of five. <laughs> oh really? You have, you have Dead Poet Society that year. Oh. Feel the dreams. Oh. One on the 4th of July, Driving Miss Daisy, and My Left Foot. <laughs> oh, that's a good oh, year. Seen, of course good you haven't year. seen Born on the 4th of July. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that, but uh, the rest, those are surprised. great. Those are great. Yeah. Uh, so, well, that's great. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. No and I'm very glad to have been invited. Thank you very much, Rachel. So where can people find you? On Twitter and your can, blog uh, and everything? Okay, well, uh, okay. My website is uh, movierob.wordpress.com. And uh, my Twitter account is uh, Real Movie Rob because for some reason someone else was actually already Movie Rob, even though you know his his account is inactive. But whatever. So okay, <laughs> only, only tweet me at Real Movie Rob. Okay. And um, uh, my email is also very simple. It's Rob at MovieRob.net. Sweet. Um, anyone wants to get in touch, follow. You know, to be uh, you know, or if they just want to talk about movies, that's what I'm here for. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And you can find me at Smiling LDS Girl on all uh, social media and Rachel's reviews. My web, my blog is 54 Disney Reviews. Uh, and I will be reco- I will be covering the new Beauty and the Beast on Thursday. So that's coming up. And that will be exciting. And uh, then on uh, and then I have coming up for a series I do called His Picks, Her Picks. We're going to be looking at movies that involve space. So it should be pretty fun. Uh, so you want to check out that. And uh, so thanks again. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing your 3,000th post. Maybe it'll be yours. You never, maybe yeah, it'll be your you uh, suggestion. <laughs> thanks All a lot, right. Rachel.